Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Father Shane Demon. Hey, hey, it's Father Travis Crotty. And we are coming to you still from Galen Catholic High School here in the, what is this, the Media Center? Oh, well, it's kind of an unused room now, right? Because this is like a computer lab that has gone. Well, we I think we have a lot of laptops now, so yeah, don't really use the computer. Very passe here. But attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. It says it on the wall over there. It's nice to have those inspirational quotes around every classroom. Everywhere. That's good. Everywhere. Um. So this is funny. I was just thinking about this as it was getting kicked off. I ran into a parishioner, and I, I'm sorry if you're listening. I forgot I forgot who it was. Somebody ran into me at the Galen Ball, and they said, I love your podcast, but could you make it 30 minutes? That's how long my treadmill exercise is. <laughs> so, you know, I do, you know, this is kind of unfortunate. We, we kind of market this as like a treadmill episode. But if you want to run longer than 20 minutes, you got to listen to something else. Well, just get your warm-up in. And once you're feeling a little loose, a little limber, then yeah. hit play. No, that's a good thing. Like, get, get your, like, Eye of the Tiger. Um, yeah, do a warm-up song. Yeah, get your get your kind of pump-up music going. Yeah, your pregame. Your pregame, if you will. And then you kind of kind of settle into the, the better half of your run with, with us. <laughs> yes. Here we are. Once you're all pumped up, then listen to our theme music. <laughs> Talk about Sioux <laughs> City. Those are our theme music. You can listen to our soothing voices. Like, yes. <laughs> you want to stop running. Um. Well, to any of our listeners, I don't. I'm not sure if we're going to stretch this to 30 minutes today. I but don't have time not, for that. You don't. You have to get to a meeting. But that's all right. We're going to do our best. And to all of our podcast listeners on a treadmill right now, just keep running. Just, just keep swimming. Just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Father Travis, um, I also have gotten a few um, comments from people who absolutely know what the show recess is. FYI. Yes. In fact, I did get uh, an email. I don't think you and I have had a chance to speak about oh. this. I got an email from Amanda and Joel out in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Oh, yes. And they said, yes, we got the recess. You yeah, know. And Philip um, from Madrid was also like... like he Phil just, from Madrid. Phil, shout yeah. out to Phil. He just rocked this email. It just it said, recess! With a, bunch of, uh, <laughs> with a bunch of exclamation marks. For anybody who's a recess fan out there, I found out that recess is on Disney Plus. So if you have Disney you Plus go. account and want to introduce um, recess to your children, uh, do so. Because it's great. Uh, yeah, I, I still haven't checked it out yet, but I'll, I'll get on that right yeah, away. Absolutely. Okay. I can't say it. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> You're banned from saying absolutely, I according to Father Taylor. You can't say it. I know. He's got the counter going already. Father, I was just out in Long Island, New York. Sweet. Flew into LaGuardia, was at the NCDVD conference for the new discussion on the PPF6. So that was like an extra NCDVD This conference. is extra NCDVD with the release of MP, uh, PPF6. 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 This is, the most, Nobody this knows is what, what that it is. sounds like when people in the military have conversations and right. they just rip off all the stuff. And the right. priesthood, we have this too. NCDVD. Father Shane, what does that stand for? The National Conference, Conference of, of Catholic Diocesan, Diocesan Vocation Directors. CDVD, yeah. Yes. National Conference of Diocesan Vocation Directors. Right. Annual conference in the fall, which is one of the best conferences that I've ever been to because they bring in great speakers, but they give us a lot of practical tips on how to actually be doing vocations ministry to reach people, how to handle you know psychological issues of, of prospective candidates, how to do ongoing seminary and formation. It's really helpful stuff. And it's just like 
good time with the boys because it's like all the vocation directors from the whole country hanging well, out. Well, there is some fraternity, and that's really helpful because, you know, if, if you're a vocation director and you might be in a diocese where some guys feel like they have no support from their bishop or their local priest, but they're expected to go out and find like 40 new seminarians tomorrow, and they might just feel like they're swimming upstream here without a paddle, it can be really, you know, challenging for the guys. So the the, the talks and the presentations are great, but the fraternity usually gives me a lot of uh, perspectives, not only to understand my work spiritually, but also just kind of creative ideas of how do you run your website and how do you handle social media and all these things. And not like we're going to spend the whole time because people, you know, don't have much time left on the treadmill workout here. There's hope. You're going to finish that workout. Don't worry. Right. Um, there's a lot of changes coming with this PP, PPF6. PPF stands for a program for priestly formation. Version 6. Version 6. Hot off the presses. Yeah. Well, not quite yet. The print version's not out yet. A lot of changes, though. You yes. you typed up those little notes, and I started to read them the other day at a coffee shop. You haven't read them yet, Father? No, I haven't. Not in their entirety? Not quite. Come on, Father. Yeah, big change, though. Big change in like language that's used to describe stuff, change yes. in the whole thrust of how we talk about and look at like the formation process of a man in seminary rather right. than using the academic terms, using these kind of benchmarks of growth. and Right. Yeah. Big changes coming. That's Same. going to be grandfathered in over a number of years. We might do another episode on PPF six. That'd be good. Well, when you're just like kind of slugging it out in 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 um, St. Louis, and you finally have to give me the the reign of this equipment someday, if that's how it's going to actually go down, um, then we can probably talk more about that when you're living in it at the, uh, at the seminary. Sure. Level. Absolutely. So another episode PPF six coming sometime to a podcast near you. Good deal. What's this episode? Um, <laughs> I want to talk about first grade. Oh. Okay. We're going back to first grade memories. Going way back. St. Mike's. We're going back to way, way back. St. Mike's in Leeds, (laughs) part of Sioux City, Iowa. I had Sister Teresa as a first grade teacher. She was an excellent teacher, but pretty strict. Um, She ruled her classroom, and we all knew it. Mm. I have two very, 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 very vivid memories of first grade. (laughs) All right. I am eager to hear these. (laughs) Are you? I am very excited. So the first memory, I think if you could in some way tie in another memory about um, Kahlua, the dog, <laughs> people are out there. They are, they want more stories about Kahlua and Brandy. Our dogs. I really have no more stories. I had a dog when I was a little, little tiny kid. He got ran over and that was the end of Kahlua. And then we never got another dog. That's the end of my story. After we dropped that, that both our dogs were this like a, kind of obscure alcohol names, Kahlua and Brandy. They're like, tell us more stories of the dogs. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, folks. But anyways, first grade, sister. Well, I don't have any more stories about Kahlua and Brandy, but maybe we'll have to start coming up with new stories about like alcoholic you know, recipes for favorite Catholic drinks or <laughs> yeah, something. Exactly. Anyways, first grade, Sister Teresa teaching at St. Mike's in Leeds. I have two very, 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 very <laughs> uh, memories. Tell us about them. These vivid memories are this. Sister Teresa used to have in her classroom this little wooden board. It was a very thin panel. And it, it uh, was really, really rough and worn down on the edges. Like we're talking a paddle that had been used um, for probably a good 40 years. Stained wood and it said bathroom on it. And as first graders, ah. if you needed to go to the bathroom, you went over to the side chalkboard and you picked up the panel and you stood by the door and you just held it in front of you like your sign. As she's like moving on with whatever she was teaching. Well, she's in the midst of teaching. Yeah, you she's just stand she's there a busy first grade hold, teacher. Yeah, of course. Instead of holding up your hand and going, uh, I have to go to the bathroom. No, you just you hold just it. stand there with it so it's worn down on the sides. It's worn down on the okay. sides. Lots of usage. 
um, which gives all kinds of questions <laughs> as to the sanitary, you know, nature of it that. It was just well seasoned. It was well seasoned. Yes, I don't know how much disinfectant was ever put on that wooden panel when it was taken in and out of the restroom by first graders for like forty years. <laughs> Anyways, we didn't think about that at the time. But you're standing there holding this panel, this little wooden yeah. sign, and it says bathroom. And I don't know. Maybe I cried wolf way too many times. I don't know. But one day I was just standing there and standing there and standing there, and she never gave me the nod that it was okay to go, and I just peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still traumatized by it to this day. I remember my well, I'm not traumatized, but it's a funny memory. My mother had to leave work. She had to go get me clean clothes. I had to be all cleaned up. I was bawling my eyes out because in yep. first grade, this is a traumatizing experience. Sure. I don't remember ever asking to go to the bathroom after that again. I don't ever remember peeing my pants in public again. <laughs> never so. remember going to the bathroom at school ever again. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> so that, uh, that pretty much took care of that. Anyways, the second va- very, very, very vivid memory of first grade is this. I have ingrained in my mind the Halloween decorations that Sister Teresa used to hang from the light fixtures in the room. Okay. All right, this is to all of our listeners. This is not an episode as to whether or not one should be decorating for Halloween as faithful Christians. Ooh, That's not what we're talking okay. about here. The That's point is, in October. the point is just to focus on the decorations. Okay, I have a very, very vivid memory of every single one of these decorations. Maybe it was a sign that I was just constantly daydreaming and looking up <laughs> into the ceiling and noticing the decorations. But she would change all these seasonally, and they would hang from the light fixtures. And that has really stuck with me. Not that I'm just fixated on light fixtures and seasonal (laughs) decorations, all right? But what has stuck with me, um, I think there is something deeply ingrained in us about a need to mark time. Mm. I think there's something deeply ingrained in each one of us where we don't like time to just blur, uh, in that everything just feels like it's one day onto the next, one month onto the next, the years all blend together, and you can't even tell one decade from the next over, over a lifetime. I think there's something deeply ingrained in us that we, we like to kind of punctuate time and get a grip on things. And I think this is what the seasons provide for us, nothing against those who live in San Diego, and it's always 75 degrees. Um, I think the seasons provide us that time to kind of regroup, reset maybe a re kind of re gear up for a kind of a new series of emotions you know you know people people go into the winter months and they're just like oh i i like to get out my my warm blankets and my heavy sweaters and sweater I, weather sweater weather and Pumpkin i like spice to, lattes i like to have you know different coffee flavors and i sit by the fireplace and i i drink heavy red wines versus you know you know seltzers in the summer or whatever I think there's a natural disposition in us to kind of want to kind of mark time and mark the seasons. I think the the environmental seasons do that. I think we also do that with holidays, and I think the church gives us that opportunity as we mark the seasons. Um, there there is something to be said about decorations. I, I I'm not an interior decorator. I I don't have a design background. But I do think, going back to those first grade memories, I think there is something to be said about um, how do I enter into this season right here and right now and make this moment or this focal point of this season, whether it's Advent, Lent, Christmas, Easter, ordinary time, whatever it is, how do I maximize this? How do I enter into it? What is the focal point right now? 
And how do I, I kind of treat this as a, as a separate little journey within the larger journey? Does any of that make sense? It does. And it's resonating a lot with what I'm experiencing in the spring right now. So, so much happens in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, liturgically, with the end of Lent and Easter season, kind of that, that always happens, obviously, in the springtime. Kind of fluctuates when Easter falls. But then so much happens at the end of a school year in the springtime. And last year with COVID stuff, like, I didn't feel it as intensely. But now, like, all of the graduation parties, there's... Um, the different kind of there's a, there's a few of these different secular holidays that kind of like lead up. It's like if you have Valentine's Day in February, then you've got St. Patrick's Day in March, and then it just kind of flows into um, the Easter celebrations, right? You got kind of this like May Day thing going on with um, all the Easter celebrations around. You recognize that spring's happening, but then also I'm realizing it's like the conclusion of the semester. Graduation parties take place. Mm-hmm. And I, I went to a few graduation parties, and, and they're fun. I, I really like seeing people. But it, they're funny because, practically speaking, they're just a good excuse to get people to put cards into a basket. I mean, like, sure. that's what they're for. Sure. But it's it's funny because there's something innate within us as humans that like, we need to do that, though. Like, you could send it in the mail, and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. You could drive by and drop it off. But there's something about, like, celebrating it, and it's not a big surprise that kids graduate from high school. It's like... <laughs> kind of an expectation that they graduate from high school, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not a big surprise, but there is this expectation of, yeah, this time of the year, there's like a levity that comes with the fact that it's, it's spring. It's nice weather. The grass is growing. There's some more cupcakes, father. It's more cupcakes, right? There's some excitement that's, that's coming and that's in the air. We feel that still in a secular way, but I think unfortunately a lot of us don't kind of lean into the liturgical experience of that. Mm -hmm. I have, I have experienced this and recently especially this lent i i love advent and lent it's unfortunate that we don't kind of dive into the other seasons with the same type of fervor mm-hmm. okay obviously ordinary time isn't as exciting as advent lent eastern christmas but there is this like renewed fervor that comes with with lent and the confessions that we had this year the people coming back after years and years of confession and the people coming to daily mass when we add an extra daily mass time um it's exciting to see that but then it's also just easy to kind of, okay, great, Easter, it's done, drop it off, you know. Well, yeah, you wouldn't want the spiritual growth of Lent just to completely go by the wayside, and then Easter, Easter season comes and people actually, you know, regress in their spiritual sure. journey. But I think it's okay to kind of let off the gas. Oh, sure. And, you know, you can't live the intensity of Lent year-round. Right. All of a sudden, it well, it becomes overwhelming, but also then Lent loses its, its fervor, right? Yeah. You know, to say that these six weeks of Lent are we're going to really gear up and we're going to go hard. That's I think that's what we're talking about here when we kind of mark time, and and when there's an end goal, and when when Easter Sunday comes, we know that we've kind of uh, crossed a benchmark, so to speak. We've crossed the finish line. There'll be a new season, a new way to mark time, mm-hmm. the fifty days of of the Easter season in which there's this great build-up to the ascension of the Lord. There's the great build-up to the Feast of Pentecost. There's, there's a way to kind of mark time. We do that with church decorations, liturgical colors, the, the changing of music, uh, some of the novenas that lead up to these great uh, s- celebrations. Yeah, um, I think there's a way to mark time, and I think there's a way that, that gives a different spiritual focus, a different dimension, so that uh, life doesn't become really monotonous, and different facets of the interior life uh, become, you know, really well known. 
obviously we, we focus a lot on Jesus during Lent and his passion, death, and resurrection. And as we get closer and closer to Pentecost, I find it really beautiful to start switching some of my prayer towards a more focus on the third person of the Holy Trinity with the Holy Spirit. Mm. How is the Holy Spirit leading me? How am I preparing to receive the Holy Spirit more deeply and cooperate with the grace of the Holy Spirit through Pentecost? Uh, what intentions am I bringing to a novena leading up for nine days uh, in anticipation of the season of Pentecost? Mm-hmm. These are the ways that I think we mark time. And it's a way to, again, guarantee that life just doesn't become one monotonous, you know, bland experience of the same. Uh, but it also allows us to kind of poke at different facets of the interior life to highlight certain things. Uh, there's, there's a psychological break. There's a psychological relief that comes with that. People here in the United States will look at Memorial Day in May and then Labor Day in early September as kind of the unofficial start and stopping points of summer. Mm-hmm. And that allows kind of for a psychological shift and yeah. break, which then allows, then opens up the door, as you say goodbye to one season, it opens up the door to find a new focal point, a yeah. new goal. Yeah. Yes. And what I'm thinking too, when you mentioned the monotony, um, there's something really distinctive about Christianity, the Judeo-Christian tradition. A lot of other religions see time as cyclical, just a big circle, right? Things are just going around in a circle. It's the, the seasons happen, the seasons happen, the seasons happen. And that's where there can be some monotony. But Christianity, yes, we have these seasons, but it's almost, it's more of like a corkscrew. Like it's moving somewhere with each season, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. you come back around each season. And it's funny as a priest, I've noticed this with, we have this three-year cycle of readings, right? And I obviously haven't even gotten through that with only two years of priesthood. But even throughout my time in seminary, but, you know, every time you come around to Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter, like there's renewed fervor, right? There's this renewal and there's this hope that there's continual conversion. It's like that extra vow that Benedictines take of continued conversion, right? That as we're moving through this process of the seasons, as we're seeing like these marked times, as we're really experiencing time as consecrated, it's actually moving somewhere though. Mm-hmm. That's what gets to be exciting about it. It's, it's not just like, oh, here comes another year. Here comes another thing, right? And, and people find themselves stuck in those ruts sometime. Right. What's exciting is that like Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, like ever ancient, ever new. Like new things are happening and we get to receive those new things through the Holy Spirit, as you said, as we get to revisit time and again these these beautiful um, these beautiful feast days or um, liturgical seasons. I remember it was around Lent at conception and one of my friends asked one of the really old, wise, holy monks um, what he would do for Lent and especially for Holy Week. And he just said, this is such a holy time. He said, try not to sin as much as possible. <laughs> like actually try to be to become holier mm-hmm. and to hear that even this older man, he hasn't just kind of resigned himself to, oh, I'm never changing, but there's even still that desire for continued conversion. Um, all the long, all, along the way. Um, but the more you've been talking about this, about kind of going back to this first grade, really tender first grade stories. Thanks so for sharing tender. those with us. The um, puddles of urine at my feet. Oh, wow. And the... <laughs> I was kind of hoping on the second story, but well, okay, we're back okay. to the first. Back to the second story is the Halloween decoration. Exactly. Marking time exactly. in the fall. Yes. Um, that, especially, I think, you know, thankfully we have a lot of parents who are listening to this, and there are ways to encourage that at home. And to bring, like we mentioned recently in an episode about like the domestic church, there's ways to bring that into, yes, your parish, not so you just kind of have like the bland sanctuary that looks exactly the same all year long, 
but it changes when flowers come out, when different colors of fabric that's used to kind of adorn the altar and the ambo and things like that. Um, the vestments that are worn by the priest, like they, they obviously change with the color and perhaps even the quality changes from daily mass to bigger, bigger feast days or Sundays. Um, the addition of maybe incense or the sprinkling rite of holy water, that, that's accompanied. But the hope would be that that would also translate to happening at home too. Mm-hmm. The decorations, yeah, like for the secular holidays, it's, it's good to have decorations, right? Even, even more so to have these decorations um, in the church and in the home uh, for these liturgical celebrations as well to help mm-hmm. mark time. Yeah, so perhaps just kind of to wrap up here, uh, for anyone on the treadmill, keep going. But just to wrap up here, you know, as you change seasonal decorations at home, as you notice the seasons change in our environment and climate, as you notice that seasons change in the church, and as you just mentioned, Father Crotty, that uh, you know the, the sanctuary might change in its decorations or whatever. As these changes happen, and as we mark time seasonally, maybe a, a good way to handle that is to kind of give gratitude for the season that has just concluded to notice the graces, to notice the blessings, to notice the spiritual fruits, but then to also set for oneself new spiritual goals. Uh, We don't just have to have New Year's resolutions on January 1st or Lenten resolutions on Ash Wednesday. Mm. You know, are there, is there a virtue that you want to grow in in the spring? Is there something that you want to continue from the Lenten season and continually build on during the Easter season? Is there, is there a virtue or a spiritual goal, maybe a new spiritual reading that you want to focus on during the summer months? Um, is there a new devotion that you maybe want to start in the fall? Uh, is there companionship with a particular saint and devotion to a saint that you want to develop maybe in a winter season? Whatever it is. Um, I think we could start attaching um, spiritual goals and, and emphases of virtue to these seasons as a way to even mark the time more significantly. So it's not just simply a, t- a time to change decoration, not just simply a time to change seasonal apparel and clothing, but to also be able to go back and mark and say, oh yeah, that was a great summer. That's really when I worked on this. Or in that stage of my life, boy, I was really into reading the writings of this saint. And I can go back and I can mark those times of my life with its spiritual growth and emphases as well. So these are just kind of some random musings here about um, the changes of the seasons and hopefully as they impact our interior lives. Father Travis, thanks for your insights. Get your decorations out and don't wet your pants. See you soon, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time and God bless.